0: Hello and welcome to episode seven on Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda, the 12 laws of karma. What is karma? It's a word we use all the time, sometimes not in the best way. Let's discover together what exactly karma is. We'll talk about it next. Welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda. I'm Sherry, your host, and this is Episode 7, The 12 Laws of Karma. I'm glad you're here to join me to talk about a very popular word, karma. Most people have a basic concept of what karma is, Um. But we hear phrases like what goes around comes around or mm, karma'll get them, karma's a bitch. I don't necessarily agree, actually I don't completely, I completely disagree with that concept. Karma is much kinder or can be much kinder than that. But what is the law of karma? And what do you need uh, in order to make sure that you don't attract bad karma? Is there such a thing as good and bad karma? As it turns out, there are at least 12 distinct laws of karma. And once you know how each of these laws works, uh, you can learn how to live in a way that creates good karma in all areas of your life. This can help you with everything from your relationships to your career, your financial situation, and your self-confidence. Whether you're looking to create more positive energy, which most of us are, or trying to find out how to get rid of bad karma, or in quotations, the curse, this basic guide will um, help us better understand and get a sense of how you might improve your karmic standing with the universe. According to the basic Sanskrit definition of karma, it simply means action. Laws of karma are all about the positive or negative actions of our words, our thoughts, and our deeds. In essence, everything we do creates a corresponding energy that comes back to us in some form or another. Difficult karmic experiences catalyze learning and growth and can later lead to good karma if we work towards positive change. Everything we do is linked to our karma. How we treat others. How we see our own role in the world and the way we use resources, how we develop our characters. So, knowing those basic things, we can now start to talk, talk about the 12 laws of karma. And as we explore the 12 distinct laws of karma, think about how you previously had seen these laws come into play in some way in your own life. And consider how you can use your knowledge of these laws to create good karma that supports your dreams and your goals and the, the, the good of the universe. Understanding all these types will help you design your own karma-busting mantra or affirmation, should you feel the need to. The very first law is the great law or the law of cause and effect. And the great law tells us that in order to get the things that we want, we must also embody those things. The message here is similar to the law of attraction Uh, In other words, whatever you give out is also what you will receive, whether it's positive or negative. So if you want love in your life, be loving. If you want to enjoy financial abundance, be generous. And if you want to have honest, open relationships, then you need to offer authenticity and honesty to the people that you care about as well. The second law is the law of creation. And according to the karmic law of creation, we need to be active participants in our lives if we want to get what we desire. So we can't just sit back and wait for things to happen to us. We should aim to surround ourselves with what we want in our lives. And then to look to our environments for clues about what we need. A major part of understanding the law of creation is seeing that things outside ourselves tell us what's going on inside. So if you don't know if you don't if you don't like the way your life is right now, then you should look within and ask yourself what needs to change. For me, this is a it's a, it's a responsibility. We're, it's, we're taking responsibility for our own manifestations, good or bad. The next law is the law of humility. Out of the 12 laws of karma, Buddhism can be seen as often emphasizing the importance of the law of humility. What you need to remember about this karmic law or rule is that you need to accept the true reality of something before you'll ever be able to change it. So this is really the law about self-assessment, honest self-assessment. So for example, if you constantly blame others for things that you created, or you see anyone uh, who disagrees with you as a bad person or villainous, you're out of step with, with reality. You will therefore find it very difficult to make the shifts you need to change yourself. So consistent self-reflection can help you make the most of the law of humility. As they say, every change starts with us. So do honest self-assessment. The fourth law is the law of growth. If you've ever heard the famous saying, uh, wherever you go, there you are. I, I use that all the time. You've already thought about the law of growth in a certain sense. The message here is that you need to expect a change of yourself before you can expect it of the world around you. Ultimately, you only have control over yourself. Therefore, it is It's how you use this control that shapes how the universe responds to you. A good thing to do is to focus on your development before trying to control and change others. You know, let them come to their own conclusions about what needs to change. The fifth law is the law of responsibility. In terms of of meaning, karma is often thought of in terms of the law of responsibility. In particular, it's helpful to remember that you're the source of what happens throughout your journey. What is happening around you is a mirror for what is happening within you, really. That is the sense in which you are responsible for all your life experiences, whether they're great or they're unpleasant. You know, like the law of growth, this karmic law aims to teach you that you should be looking to take ownership of the good things and the bad things that you create, rather than constantly looking outside yourself to find excuses. Law number six is a law of connection. If you reached this guide because you were wondering how to remove bad karma of a past life experience, remembering the law of connection can help you. This law emphasizes the interconnected nature of the past, present, and future of our lives and reminds us that our control over the present and the future can help us obliterate the bad energy of the past, whether it is from a current life or a previous life. If you believe in reincarnation, that's a whole nother podcast topic. Another point made by the law of connection is that it takes time to fix karmic wrongs from the past. But with each small step, you can really have powerful manifestations of healing. The seventh law of of karma is the law of focus. And according to the law of focus, you will do better in life if you can follow a single train of thought to the exclusion of others. Our minds are not equipped to follow multiple trains of thought with equal uh, competency. They're they're just not. This multitasking business, um, it's it's a falsity. You can multitask, I mean, but you're not gonna do any of those things to optimal um, ability. So if you have like several important goals, uh, try to follow them in a linear ranked order rather than giving each goal only a fraction of your energy. So um, another vital uh, lesson here is that if you focus on your higher values, you won't be able to focus on your lower emotions or thoughts like those that come from, say, resentment, anger or possessiveness. So this is really developing a laser focus on what it is at hand that you really want to manifest. And don't let other things distract you. The eighth law is the law of giving and hospitality. Uh, In Hindu, karma meaning is closely tied to the law of giving and hospitality. This law teaches that if you believe a certain thing, then you will naturally be called upon at some stage to demonstrate your commitment to that truth. The focus here is on the link between belief and then practice. It suggests and encourages the importance of ensuring that your actions reflect your deeper beliefs. This law is also about the way in which the universe will test you. Life gives us opportunities to put learned lessons into practice. And showing you when you need to do further work on some aspect of your character, and so I being an Ayurvedic health counselor and yoga teacher if if I were to you know pedal Ayurveda lifestyle and every day I was at a fast food restaurant eating processed unhealthy food, but I was preaching to the you know to all of my people eat. You know, healthy, seasonal, organic, local, unprocessed food. Yet I'm not walking the walk. My validity would go out the window, and for myself as well. I mean, so it's when you're when you're firm in your belief about something, you're passionate about something. You 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 live that. You don't just talk about it. You don't just peddle it. You actually live it. And that speaks to the authenticity of your being. And that translates to other people that what you're saying is absolutely true. The ninth law is the law of the here and now. As noted above, again, in Buddhism, uh, karma is connected to ideas about accepting the truth of your reality. So if you cling too hard to past feelings, experiences, and beliefs, you will always have one foot in the past. Likewise, if you're constantly anxiety-ridden or you, you're, you feel greedy and you, you're like trying to you know, ach- like acquire so many things because you're constantly worried about the future, then you're always going to have one foot in the future. So following the law of the here and now, means reminding yourself that the present is all you really have and that it is in there to be fully engaged with and enjoyed this present moment, which yoga is the practice of being present in this moment. And so yoga is a really wonderful practice if you tend to Um, Obsess about the past or constantly worry about the future. I highly recommend yoga and meditation to bring yourself to the present moment where that is the only absolute truth that we have is in this moment. And that is where your power is in this moment. You don't have any power in the past. That's gone. Let that go. And you definitely can't control the future. Because right when you think you've got control of the future, something goes awry, and it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to. But this moment right now, this moment, you, you are here and in control of this moment. And that's a beautiful way to live. It really is a cure for any kind of anxiety, worry, or regret. The tenth law of karma is the law of change. So when you think about the law of change, you connect with the message that the universe gives us what we need. So you will find that history continually repeats itself until you demonstrate that you've learned what you need, you needed to learn in order to create a different future. So if you notice that you seem to be stuck in a loop, this is because there's something fundamental that has not been addressed. And meanwhile, if things around you begin to change in sudden and dramatic ways, take this as a sign that you have recently taken significant steps in your growth. So we cannot change what we don't acknowledge. And once we do acknowledge whatever it is that needs to change, then we need to... Really, um, focus on that particular situation or particular personality characteristic or whatever it is that needs to change. And we need to do something different. We need our thoughts and our actions to reflect a change in our course. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect it to change, right? I think, isn't that, it's called insanity. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. So we must, when we wake up, we must change our course um, so that we can change our uh, reactions to things and ultimately our whole existence. The 11th law of karma is the law of patience and reward. So... The law of patience and reward claims that all of our greatest successes require consistent, hard work. This means that you need to be patient regardless of your goals in life. If you expect immediate results, you will ultimately be disappointed every time. So your successes will be minor in comparison to what you're capable of achieving. Instead, maybe look to figure out your true purpose. And then act in accordance with that purpose and enjoy the reward of knowing that you are doing what you are supposed to do with your current life. I have this problem. This law definitely speaks to me. I have been so passionate about spiritual journeys and yoga, meditation, Reiki, energy healings, Ayurveda, living a life that is authentically in alignment with what the universe wants for you, specifically your spiritual gift, so that you can make the world a better place. Just one person at a time. And that has been my passion for the past over a decade. And I offer yoga, donation-based yoga, Because I feel like everyone should be able to to take yoga, whether you have money or you don't. I offer donation-based healings. And I offer free Ayurvedic health counseling consultations. This is not about the money for me. This is about my passion for what I know to be true. And it is authentically my journey, and I know that. My problem is when I don't get immediate reactions or support or um the kind of uh responses from people that I I think and I want them to have there are times when I feel like I should give up and there are times when I feel like no one cares no one wants to be healthy or wants to up level their lives or and so maybe I should just forget it. Maybe I'm just doing this all for nothing. Maybe nobody really cares. Maybe I shouldn't care. And then I get very discouraged easily. And I admit that. That's, that's a weak spot in me. Um, so this law speaks to me for sure. I have to stay going. I have to stay focused. That's just grace barking. I have to live my life purpose, no matter what kind of response I get. It doesn't matter the response I get. I am doing this because it's my life. It's my life calling. It's my mission. It's what I'm supposed to do. And eventually, the people who are meant to go on a journey, they'll, they'll come and, and we'll meet up and we'll do the work together. And that's okay if it's slow, but I just have to remember that this is my life purpose and my life mission and my passion. And that's all I need to know. And and to do anything else in this life would not align with that and it would throw me off course and I would never be happy. So that was a sorry, I went off on a tangent about myself and I didn't mean to, but I was just trying to share that I have the same weaknesses and I have the same karmic, uh, weak spots. So we're all in this. We all have our things. So I guess my, my admitting and my self-assessment that I have that weakness there and that I really have to just stay on course and be steady and slow like the turtle, um, was an up-leveling in itself, right? So the, Twelfth law of of karma is the law of significance and inspiration. (sighs) Last but not least, the law of significance and inspiration is a good law to reflect on when you need motivational boost or start to feel like you don't matter. Ah, I think I might have said that. This particular aspect of karma stresses that every contribution you make will influence the whole. However small or great that contribution may be, whenever you make creative, loving contributions to the world around you, your action inspires similarly positive behavior from others and attracts a more positive, a positivity back to you and to your life. You may not always feel significant, but you always are. Without your presence, the energy of the universe would be fundamentally altered. Well, that, that's just a mouthful, isn't it? Sometimes I think we don't realize the really beautiful karma that we are creating As they say, one small act of kindness at a time. So, and this is, I'm not tooting my horn or trying to get a feather in my cap. I just want to give an example of this. Um, I was at the train station the other day and in a large city and uh, I was in line to get my, I was in line to get a um, tea at McDonald's because that was the only place there was. And as I'm standing in line, a homeless woman um, approached me and she said, do you have any money for me? I'm hungry. And I said, yeah. You know, is $6 enough? Like that's all the cash I have. Is that enough? Would that be, I'll give you $6. And so she said, thank you. God bless you. And I said, no, God bless you. God bless you. Enjoy your meal. And it was nice meeting you. And I dropped a piece of paper. I remember fumbling with my wallet. I dropped a piece of paper, like a receipt or something. And she bent down so humbly and picked it up and handed it to me. And it was like an exchange. I'm getting misty. She gave me a, an opportunity to bring positive karma on myself and then on the universe. In that very small moment of the exchange that we had, she, gave, she was a gift to me. She gave me an opportunity to create good karma for myself and for the, and for the universe. Now, if I had said, no, you know, I, I have nothing, sorry, and walked away from her, that would have been an opportunity to create karma too and not the good kind. At that moment, I wasn't even thinking about karma. I wasn't thinking about anything except that she's hungry and I've got six bucks, so I'm gonna give it to her because if I was hungry, I would want somebody to give me six bucks or whatever because it's kind and it's right and nobody knows where anybody's ever gonna end up in this life. I could be her one day. Anybody could. And she, she could turn her life around at any moment and get out of her you know, difficult place, whatever. She, she was kind back. And we had a moment and I was so grateful to her and I still am because she did that. She was a gift to me. The small things that we do seem so insignificant. They are the finger in the water that starts that whole positive ripple effect in the right direction. So in closing this podcast, keep doing the small acts of kindness. Keep self-assessing. Be honest with yourself. When you've got a weak spot, try to fix it. For your, for your own good and the good of, of the world. Stay focused on the present. Don't give up. Give love to yourself and other people when you have the opportunity. And together, I do think the planet is rising. I do. I think the awareness is rising. Kindness is there. Don't get too hung up on politics and lose yourself in the beauty that remains. Take time to go out in nature. Take time to go inward practice yoga. And if you need any, uh, advice or any, any nutritional advice, I am an Ayurvedic health counselor. I'm proud of that achievement. I am continuing in the study of Ayurveda and I thank you all. I humbly thank you all for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I, I send out really good vibes and much love to everybody because we are in this together. And we all have our strong points and we all have our weak spots. Um, but I think the overall message is just, be, just keep being kind. Okay, until next time. Got a nice, really great podcast coming up. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. So I hope you join me next time on Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda. And I wish you uh, lots of good vibes and karma as you continue on your journey today. Thank you, and we will meet again. Until then, be well. Namaste.